Welcome. This is Missionary Steve Prelgovisk. And who do we Becerra. have with us? Yeah, you have Roque, <laughs> Roque Becerra. And we mm -hmm. are uh, speaking to you about missionary and missionary life and work in the Caribbean. Yeah. Now, uh, here to learn. I, Let's go. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm, I'm contemplating, we're contemplating, you know, explaining, like, I'm a missionary here, out here on the island of Puerto Rico, out here in the Caribbean. And I get a lot of questions like, well, what's, what's it like to be a missionary? Uh, how did you become a missionary? You know, and what do you do? What do you do out there? You know, what, what's, your, what's, your, what's your day like? What's your week like? Uh, what kind of needs do you have? You know, is it hard? Uh, do you miss your family? <laughs> you know, how do you how do you get how, how do you get back and forth to the states? Uh, uh, you know, how do you do your work? Yeah, uh, what you know, if I wanted to be a missionary, what would I need to do? What's what? How would I prepare myself? What steps would I have to go through to become a missionary? And so I I've contemplated making a series of um, I guess you could call them podcasts, but I'll be posting these on YouTube. Also, I think I'll put an audio version of them as a podcast. So by listening and communicating with us, uh, we'll respond to your questions and comments. And uh, hopefully we'll shed some light on what, what missionaries do, uh, how missionaries live, what Caribbean life is like, because that's what I know. But also I know missionaries in uh, Cuba, um, the U.S. Virgin Islands, other missionaries here in Puerto Rico. I also know missionaries in, uh, that used to be here in uh, Puerto Rico that are missionaries now in Japan or have gone to uh, begin works in North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, mm. and, have, uh, and, you know, or families that have migrated to the United States and, and our church members there and have Sunday school classes and puppet ministries <laughs> and, uh, you know, mis missionaries, uh, uh, in Latino churches or in churches with mixed cultures, or maybe they're the only Latino in their church, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. And so we can be talking about experiences. Like maybe your church would like to have a, a missionary outreach. And so we'll be yeah. uh, dealing with uh, these kind of topics. So today I'd like to talk about where we live. Where do we live, brother Roque? It's the Lord. We're living in Puerto Rico. Yeah. Small island to the south. <laughs> okay. And where's Puerto Rico? Where are we? We're in the Caribbean right now, and we're also uh, territory of the United States of America. That's right. So we're U.S. citizens, right? A lot of people, people don't correct. get that. So, you know, a lot of missionaries, they get excited when the Lord calls them to be missionaries. So maybe they don't know where they want to be a missionary to. So they begin praying about it. And people get excited about places they hear about. And, and a lot of people, where do you think people want to become missionaries to when they first think about missions? What do you think? I think about missions. Well, I mean, even as a, as a young child, mm -hmm. when my, my mom used to buy these little booklets where we could read about the stories of like men who dedicated their lives to be missionaries. And I always read like adventures of like going far into Africa, into the deepest Africa. parts. Yeah, you want to, be, you want to yeah. meet, you want to meet Tarzan. You want to swing yeah, on go. a vine. <laughs> You want to eat, eat strange foods, you know, Go see the see the animals, you know, and yeah. so that's that's that can excite you, you know. Uh, I'm missionary to Africa, and you imagine going to some tribe and they never heard the gospel, and they gather around and you you preach the gospel, and some people that mm -hmm. never heard about Jesus become Christian. Well, that's a wonderful, wonderful thing, 
in the Lord, if the Lord calls you to do that, that's wonderful. But other countries, you know, people, there's a, the, the romance of missions, you know, uh, people think about China, China inland missions, uh, mm-hmm. Africa inland missions, uh, you know, going into the interior, Sudan interior missions, going into some desert area, you know, and like Lawrence of Arabia, except the yeah. Christian, Christian version. True. You know, that, that's, that's all wonderful. Yeah. Then there's the other kind of missionaries that are home missionaries. You know, they, they want to they wanna reach their own families and people like them and their own city or maybe another state or city close to them. And it's nice being a home missionary. You don't have to learn another language. Uh, when it's Thanksgiving, you can drive to mom and dad's house or grand, your grandparents' house and you can have a family reunion. You know, you, 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 uh, you can visit the churches. And so, uh, you know, that's nice to be a home missionary. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you can go one way or you can go the other. But then we have a place like Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico's out mm-hmm. here. It's a thousand, over a thousand miles southeast of Florida. We're yeah. so far out here in the, in the uh, edge of the Caribbean, in between the Caribbean and the Atlantic Ocean. We're, we're in another time zone. Do you know what time zone we're in? We're not in the Eastern Standard no, Time. No, I've always had some problems with the time zone. Where, where, where are we? What time is it? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what our time zone is, is called? Uh, no, actually, no. <laughs> it's called the, okay, Atlantic Standard Time. Atlantic Standard. Oh, Atlantic yeah. Standard Time, okay? Yeah, I've always and had so, problems with that. <laughs> yeah, we don't have, we don't have uh, you know, we don't have, what do you call that? Uh, when you cha- put your clock back and forth. Uh, daylight savings. We don't have daylight savings. We don't have time. that. So we're basically one hour earlier than Florida. Mm-hmm. One hour earlier than Florida. It's very confusing okay. sometimes. You know, if you, you, okay, you say at minus uh, four hours, Greenwich Mean Time, or yeah. UCT, as they say, Universal yeah. Coordinated Time, Zulu Time. <laughs> and so, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, anyway, so we're like four hours earlier than them in, in an hour earlier than Florida, but it gets messed up because when Florida and, and the East Coast goes on, uh, you know, daylight savings time, then we're the same time as they are. So we stay the same time, but it shifts an hour or so, uh, you know, depending on the time of the year. So anyway, we, we're way out here, but we're U.S. citizens. That happened in uh, about 1914. The U.S. was in, yeah. the U.S. invaded Puerto Rico because there was something called the Spanish-American War. Exactly. And we were fighting Spain to, get, to liberate Cuba so Cuba could be free. But what would happen if we left Cuba and, and Spain came back? Well, they could just come back, you know, when we left. Is <laughs> How are sure. we going to stop that from happening? So the U.S. didn't want to have a military presence in Cuba because they fought the war to free Cuba. But you know what? They never fought the war to free Puerto Rico. <laughs> so, so they took over Puerto Rico here. <laughs> in 1898, 1898, you know, just before their turn of the century. And, wow. and what happened? What happened? They wanted to put a military base here because Puerto Rico is the key. If you think of, a, think of an arch, you got yeah. Cuba, uh, Haiti, the Dominican Republic on one island of Hispaniola. Then you got Puerto Rico. Then you have these little islands all the way down to Trinidad and Tobago and touching Venezuela, the coast there. So you get this arch. And Puerto Rico is right in the middle of that arch. It's the smallest of the big islands, you know, including Jamaica also, the, the smallest of the big islands and the biggest of the small islands. And you know, coming into Puerto Rico, coming into the Caribbean, you have to pierce that arch. And so 
And so it's a great place to have a military base. And we had Roosevelt Rhodes Naval Base. We had Ramey Air Force Base. We had we had Fort Buchanan. We had these military this military presence, and to protect the Caribbean from European uh, incursions and stuff, you know. And so Puerto Rico was made part of, of U.S. territory. But then around 1914 or so, uh, maybe you heard of World War World War One. You heard of that World War One? Oh, definitely. Big you know, deal. <laughs> well, for, the U.S. kind of wanted a draft the Puerto Ricans into the military to help fight in World War One, but you can't go drafting people that aren't citizens of the United States. So how are you going to fix that? What? How are you going to fix that? Well, congratulations. <laughs> You're Welcome. a citizen. Hooray. Yeah. Guess what? Now you can go fight the Kaiser. <laughs> Oh gosh! <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> or the next world war. Yeah. I mean, now you're now you're already okay, and so I don't want to be too hard on the U.S. I mean, I love my country, mm -hmm. and uh, the U.S. has really benefited Puerto Rico. Uh, you can hear a lot of some Puerto Ricans uh, complain about, you know, that there is an independence movement. Definitely. But how big is the independence movement here in Puerto Rico? Right now, it's not very big. To be no, honest, it's it's, it's like no. what? It's very small. One percent, two percent, three percent. Yeah, it's, I think it, the, the party, the party wasn't even almost allowed to to subscribe itself yeah. because it we was have too small. we have a pro statehood party. Yep. Which is I don't know thirty, forty, fifty percent of the people in mm -hmm. Puerto Rico. It's and, big. You know they they vacillate. You know, uh, so it's, a, it's really it might be a minority, but it's a huge minority. And then the next party, you would think it might be independence. But it's not independence. No. It's, it's like we, we, we have this special relationship as a commonwealth of the United States. Yeah. And so the, about the 3 million Puerto Ricans out here on the island mm -hmm. used to be about 4 million. But guess what? There's Hurricane Maria and a lot of people left. Oh, <laughs> and so yeah. I, I was like, <laughs> we, lost, we lost a lot of people. So a huge wave of Puerto Ricans entered the U.S. And guess what? They didn't have to get a, a passport. They didn't have to get visas. They're already U.S. citizens. Remember 1914 or so, about that time? Hmm. And so uh, they just all, you know, all flooded in uh, uh, between Tampa, Florida, and Orlando. <laughs> A oh, big yeah. <laughs> tidal wave came in. Uh, some, to, some to Buffalo, New York, Rochester, New York, uh, yeah. Hartford, Connecticut. Those are the old Puerto Rican stomping grounds. Some to Texas, you know, a lot to North yeah, Carolina. It surprised me, it surprised me how, of, how far they've reached. Yeah, a lot of filling in. Some to California, some to Washington yeah, State. I've heard Pennsylvania, Tennessee. Yeah. There's accumulations everywhere, depending on what they, the kind of jobs they do. So the, missions, the missionary activity here in Puerto Rico has become a backdoor to reaching Hispanic communities in the United States. If you think about it, you know, you go door to door in a guy in a tie, a white guy in a tie. Okay. I don't mean to be mm -hmm. racist here. Okay, <laughs> but I'm talking about my color. Okay. I'm a white guy in a tie. And I was going on door to door visitation on Compton, California, Compton, California. Mm -hmm. uh, one time. And a white guy in a tie, fortunately, I had a Mexican friend. And so, you know, and he said, he said, lose the tie. <laughs> he said, a, oh, white guy, a white guy on your, uh, a white guy with a tie knocking on a door in Compton saying, hey, uh, can I, does your, it's, is, does your kid live here? I'm a Sunday school teacher. They're going to go, yeah, right. You know, you're, <laughs> you're a spy or something. And oh, so I, I, I remember knocking on doors. I, 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 hmm. I went and invited somebody in the city in California. 
uh, Hispanic. I, I saw a Hispanic store. And I said, uh, you know, hey, I'd like, to, I'd like to meet the Hispanic people in this town. And I'd like to get to know them. I'd like to invite them to my church. And the guy said, uh, uh, there's no Hispanics in this town. You know, we're talking about California. And wow, I see the sign, it's like something, you know, it had a Spanish name. I forget the name, like uh, La Casa de Tito or something, you know, like, you know, <laughs> like uh, yeah, like I'm on my uncle's house or something. And it had, okay. it had, it had Spanish, Hispanic food, it had Latino music, you know, playing over the loudspeaker. There's a whole shelf of videos you could rent. Remember when you rented videos of the store, yeah. you were in, in Spanish. And I said, well, look, you've got Spanish food. You got Spanish magazines, you got Spanish music, you got Spanish videos. And I said, how can you tell me there's no Hispanics in this town? And he goes, oh, they come from other towns to my store. And I was thinking, well, this guy's lying to me. But why would he lie? <laughs> why, would, why would a Mexican or Hispanic Latino in California mm. lie to a little white guy with a tie? Why would he do that? Because what, mm. what's, what's he thinking? Yeah, I'm with I'm with immigration. I'm with yeah. uh, I'm a homeland security. I'm you know he's gonna I'm gonna get names from him and he's gonna get in trouble and his people are gonna get in trouble because he's like some people are there illegally, you know. And I you know I'm there to win them for Christ. I'm there to testify to them. I'm there there to invite them to my church. I'm not there to get them. Yeah. But you know it, that your relationship with a person like that starts out with a lie. And even if you have a warmer relationship later, they started by lying to you. And it kind of puts a barrier there, you know. And so I yeah. thought, you know, coming out to Puerto Rico, my experience is different. Uh, when I go door to door, what do you think happens when I knock on a door here in Puerto Rico? If I <laughs> knock on a door and say, hi, my name's Pastor Steve, and I'm, I'm a pastor of a Baptist church. I'd like to yeah. come into your house, read a portion of the Word of God, and pray with you. Can I do that? What do you think happens? It's, it's incredible that in Puerto Rico, people are a lot more welcoming. Yeah. Uh, why, yeah. why aren't they afraid of me? Because I should be afraid of them, but they're not afraid of me. No, they're <laughs> not. I, they're not. They're not in Puerto Rico illegally. This is you true. Know, they're, they're, they're this is their, the island. They're citizens mm -hmm. here. Uh, and I'm on their turf. Okay. I'm having to speak their language. They're not having to speak to mm -hmm. me in my language. And so, you know, I'm on there. They don't have anything to be afraid of. And so guess what happens? They open the door and say, yeah, oh, come on in. Who would not want a holy man of God? They, you know, the, the guy with a Bible who wants to mm -hmm. pray with them. They think, uh, you know, the a pastors and evangelists and missionary has higher esteem in Latin America than in the States. You know, they look upon uh, some sorry pastors, sorry missionaries. But if you're in the States, some people look upon you like as a used car salesman. That's the kind of credibility they, they give us. You know, we are attacked by the media, made the bad guys, look, look, look to made foolish or whatever. But in Latin America, you know, it's not so much. You know, I visit four or five houses and I might get into three homes and they'll say, Pastor, would you like a sandwich? I go, no. And they, a sandwich appears by my, by my you know, hand. And then they say, would you like some coffee? No, I'm fine. And they bring me a cup of coffee. They don't listen. They just bring, they want to be just bring it. <laughs> their home. You're there to give them a blessing. They've got to do something for you. So you have the coffee, you have the, what's where they put way too much sugar in, by the way. I hope you don't got <laughs> diabetes if you come down here. You're going to be, you're gonna, they're going to be forcing sugar. Uh, coffee Delicious. With, <laughs> with six packets, six, 
six packets of sugar in that cup of coffee. I'm not it lying. Can never be, it can never be yeah. too sweet. <laughs> not lying. And so, you know, and then you get that sandwich and then you, you, they, you say goodbye, you go to the next house. It happens again. The third house, it happens again. Hmm. After about four hours, I come home and I, my wife says, how come you're home so early? I thought you were going to go on visitation. I said, I couldn't eat any more sandwiches and I couldn't drink any more coffee. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like that, you know? And so, and so the, experience is, the experience is different. The culture is different. But these people that, you know, we, we reach here in Puerto Rico, we have this big open door. We have this open opportunity. When they immigrate to the United States, they're inside the Latin communities. The Mexicans, I don't think they're afraid of Puerto Rico. Well, they might be afraid of Puerto Ricans, but for, <laughs> for, other, for, for other reasons. Other reasons. Yeah, for, for other reasons. But as far as, you know, they're not afraid of them for turning them in for immigration. But, you yeah. know, so what I'm saying is I can reach a Latino here in Latin America. Or if I was in Mexico, if you're in Mexico, you know, or, or in Belize, or you're <laughs> some other Caribbean nation, if you're working with immigrants there, and those immigrants are when they where do where do you think they go when they go to the United States? They go to the Hispanic communities, right? And with sure, they, sure. they maybe send. If you're in the states and you you meet a Latino, you say where are you from? Well, one they might lie to you, you know. Uh, they might a lot of them say I'm from Mexico, mm-hmm. and why would they say that? They might be from San Salvador. They might be I mean El Salvador. They might be from uh, uh, Guatemala. They might be from Honduras. Why would they, why they might be from Nicaragua? Why would they say that? Because if they're here illegally, what do you think happens when they're caught? Or they're, they're deported. To, to, to where? To back to their country. Their country. <laughs> and if they, if, they're, if they get sent down to uh, Honduras, that's a long walk back to the border. But if they say oh, yeah. Mexico, they take them right across the border and drop them off and they can come back to the U.S. the next day. You know, so a lot of a lot of people say they're from Mexico. They're not from Mexico, and you know, a lot. Frankly, also, it's hard to explain to a gringo. We're gringo. You know, we're gringos. It's hard to explain to a lot of gringos that don't know anything about Latin America. Like, uh, if you say I'm from Honduras, a lot of Americans they don't know. They say, "What part of Mexico is that?" They don't know. (laughs) See, they just just easier to say Mexico. I'm Mexican. I'm just Mexican. Okay, deal with it. And so, anyway. But when Puerto Ricans and Latinos and Honduras, I mean, any Latino people from Honduras, they all get together in their community. They tend to, to live where each other live, right? Yeah. And so they get together, they eat the same restaurant, they talk to each other. And if they bring the gospel with them, they're much more likely to, to accept a witness from somebody from their own language or their own culture sure. than some guy from outside that can't speak their language and who knows what he what he wants from them or if he's really from a church or anything. And so think of the Caribbean in other Latin American places as, as a backdoor to evangelism, you know, a, a way to reach uh, our own country for the Lord. Well, before I, I talk about, I'm talking a lot about Spanish, but it's not just Spanish down here. Let's take a little survey, uh, the Caribbean sea down here. I was just looking this up and, and uh, how big do you think the Caribbean is brother? Uh, how big the Caribbean is? Yeah, how big is it? <laughs> so it's actually, it, it seems small because when you think about the islands, but it's actually pretty big when you compare yeah. Cuba, Jamaica, uh, Puerto Rico, all the Virgin Islands. It's actually a lot bigger than what a lot of people yeah, think. Yeah, and it's not just those islands. Even though uh, uh, if you go over to the Yucatan Peninsula, 
Okay. And you think, oh, well, that's part of Mexico. Yeah, but if you live on the coast, you mm. might, people there might have more, they might do more with the Caribbean than with their own country. Sure. Not all the cities do, mm-hmm. but I lived, in, I lived in Costa Rica for a while, which you think, well, that's not the Caribbean. That's, you know, Pacific on one side and, well, the Caribbean on the other. Okay. Uh, mm. You know, but you, you, you don't think about it as a Caribbean country. But if you go down to Limon, a little town on the on the eastern side, the Caribbean Ocean side, there's a black yeah. community. There's not a lot of Latinos there. Most of them are Jamaicans that were imported by the British to make a air to make a, a railroad. And when the British oh. were done making the railroad across Costa Rica, hmm. they 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 left. And guess what? They didn't take the Jamaicans back home. They just okay. said goodbye. <laughs> Oh, there and, you go. Uh, they <laughs> wow. saved. They saved a lot of money by not taking them back to Jamaica. Wow, so sad. <laughs> you got, so you have all, this, all of these Jamaican communities wow. along the coast, and a lot of them supported themselves by uh, fishing in the Caribbean. Okay. Some of them uh, go out in little boats and they harpoon hmm. turtles, the big, the big ocean-going turtles, and and bring them in, and they, that's a, the way of sustenance for them. And so, uh, if you meet a if you meet a meet a black person in uh, in Costa Rica, a lot of times they speak English or at least broken English, and they have a lot more common with the Caribbean cultures than with the Latin Americans. So you know, so we have the, the in and also uh, in Venezuela and uh, and Colombia, you have um, you have little cities along the along the coast there that are, are really Caribbean cities more than mm. national cities. So. So we can include those. So uh, basically, okay, it's a million square miles. That's a lot wow. of square miles. A million That's square huge. miles. And in that million square miles, there's about 44 million people. 44 wow. million people in that. So wow. that's, we're talking about a significant number of people. Yeah, that's a good chunk. Now there's, <laughs> um, I have here, there's uh, 7,000 7, islands. Wow. Yeah. In the 7,000 <laughs> yeah. islands, there's something like... Uh, something like 13 independent nations, island nations, and, and like 12 territories. So we're talking about, and so we, like you said, we got Cuba, we got Jamaica, Haiti, Dominican mm-hmm. Republic. We have, um, we have Puerto Rico, where we are, yay, Puerto Rico. Yay, Puerto Rico. Then we get, <laughs> well, we go down there to Dominica, Grenada, St. Lucia, St. Kitt, Barbados, Trinidad, Tobago. And then he kind of skimmed the, the northern uh, coast of South America. And you have Aruba. Have you heard of Aruba? I have heard of Aruba. Maybe there's a Beach, Bo- Beach Boy song yeah. where they sing. Aruba. <laughs> sing about, you know, Arubas and uh, Granada. They sing a lot. Well, I'm not going to sing. Don't worry, I'm not going to sing that. <laughs> but, you know, we, uh, down here we speak English. English, uh, the Spanish speakers outnumber us four to one. Okay, if you're going to come to the Caribbean and you want to visit all the islands or reach the most people, Spanish. Okay, yeah, you can get by in English, but eventually you're going to need Spanish if you're going to uh, want to minister to people that aren't bilingual. Okay, a lot of bilingual people out here, but there's a lot, lot more that aren't. Okay, so especially if you're in Cuba. Okay, if you're in the coast and you're talking to some guy, do you want to buy something? You can buy it in English, right? But if Mm -hmm. you want, if you go up in the mountains. And you're talking to some old lady, you know, that's never been out of her town. No way. <laughs> you know, you're not, you're not going to know any English. You better, you better get ready. You better get ready. Spanish. Spanish yeah. <laughs> so that's what I face anyway. 
It's true. Uh, and it's not, it's not always good Spanish either. It's like what we call it. What do you call people that live in the mountains here? Okay, people in the, in the island, like in the mountains. Kibaros, right? Kibaro, see? Kibaro. That's kind of like hillbillies. You know, it's like, they, yeah. and it, they <laughs> might not say caro, like car, and they say, Jajo. you know, like, they mm -hmm. put a in, in there. And so, and when you meet a little old lady or little old man that doesn't have dentures, no teeth, <laughs> and they're speaking <laughs> with that, that, that mountain accent out here in Puerto yeah. Rico, that hillbilly Spanish. Wow, that's a real test of your, your, uh, your education, right? Okay. And so, but we got, we got Spanish. We got English or the English, a lot of it's thickly accented. You've mm -hmm. heard of Jamaican English, which is kind of neat. A lot of people think that's oh, yeah. how all Caribbean uh, nations speak. Then we got pidgin English, you know. Mm -hmm. But then also we have, uh, believe it or not, French. There's a lot of French people out here. And uh, they, have, you know, uh, they speak a lot, a lot of English, but uh, not as much, a lot more English, a lot more Spanish, but French is out here. And there's even yeah. Dutch. Believe it or not, there's some Dutch islands out here, you know, mm -hmm. and yeah, the people that speak Dutch pretty much speak English or some other language. So uh, you, you're not going to don't don't go to language school and learn Dutch yeah. <laughs> before, you, before you, you can always pick it up uh, when you get there. OK, but uh, if it's you're incredible. thinking about coming to the Caribbean, I would mm -hmm. major in Spanish and uh, minor in, in French, you know. Mm -hmm. And maybe you can skip French altogether if you're not planning on going to one of those islands. But if you're not sure, uh, why not pick it up? You know, it's going to be useful language around the world. Used French used to be the international language of travel. It's been replaced by English, but pretty much it's still useful in a lot of places. So, you know, I'm not trying to, if you're French, I hope I didn't insult you. <laughs> it's still a really great land. And Haiti, yeah, don't you know, if that. you know French, if you're going to go to be a missionary to Haiti, and that's the most populated island out here. It's over 11 million people in Haiti. And this is how it works. The economy of the Caribbean. People from Haiti try to get out of Haiti and sneak across the border to the Dominican Republic. Right? That is true. <laughs> and where do the Dominicans try to go? Where do the people Dominican, from Dominican Republic, where do they try to go to? For the Dominicans, they end up here. They end up here, don't they? And so they, there's about there's about eighty. Yeah. I don't know how many miles there are, fifty to eighty miles. I forgot to check Wikipedia. Mm -hmm. But there's there's a they call the Mona Passage. There's a passageway, exactly. and they get these ship. They, they build these ships called Yolos, right? And they get uh -huh. about the sixty Yola? people in, and they get about sixty people in them, and they try to come over. And a lot of them drown. A lot of them drowned. It's true. You know, a lot of them die. It's, it's very sad. And they they try. It's sad, and they try to get to Puerto Rico. And once if they can get to Puerto Rico and, and, and make it here, they can pretend they're Puerto Ricans and then they can just slip into the U.S. because Puerto Ricans don't need uh, passports or visas, right? So it's a real mm -hmm. temptation to funnel them in here. So, um, and then Puerto Ricans, they, you know, they go to the U.S. And so a lot of other Latin American, if you speak Spanish, a lot of Latin American people try to get into Puerto Rico and then get into the U.S. that way. So we're kind of like a funnel. We're like a funnel of people trying to get into the U.S. Well, we're here as missionaries right at the tip of that funnel trying to reach them for Christ before they get in. Now, we're, you, people say, well, they shouldn't do that. Well, guess what? They're going to do it whether we're here or not. And I think it's better that we're here reaching them for Christ before they get to you, you know, than not be here and then get to you anyway. Like, what kind of neighbors do you want moving in on your street? 
Do you want do you want Hispanics that know Christ and have them as their savior and have biblical values, or people that don't? What do you want them to bring in their suitcases? <laughs> Bibles or other things? Other things. Okay, because they're coming. It's just what are they coming with, you know, and what kind of impact are they going to have on your community? Well, missionary work out here in the Caribbean uh, will make a difference. So what kind of neighbors you have, what kind of neighborhoods you have, and what kind of churches you have, right? Okay, brother, uh, every, everybody was eventually reached by a missionary sometime. Every church in the States was, if you go back far enough, some missionary started it, some home missionary or some foreign missionary. <laughs> Uh, the U.S. was a foreign mission field for England at one time, you know, and so uh, every church we have was at some point in its history was a result of missionary work. And how about you? How about your family? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, were you guys uh, um, Christians all the way back to Christopher Columbus or how does that how does that work for your family? Well, let's go. I'll give you a little overview for everybody to know. Uh-huh. Um our, our church currently is called Iglesia Bautista de Venezuela, and our, our history goes actually pretty far back. Like it, it goes all the way to the 1970s or a little bit 1970s. earlier, mm-hmm. 1970s. And what happened is that there's a, there's a brother who's right now in, with the Lord. His name is uh, Dr. Miguel Casillas. He was Casillas. A, a, mm-hmm. Dr. Miguel Casillas. He was a great missionary. And when he came here to Puerto Rico, he established various churches. And one of the churches that he established was actually ours. Like our church started as one of his missionary outreach. And what happened is that not, not long after, they, um, they had some of the people that converted mm-hmm. here in Puerto Rico and some of the missionaries, they stayed there and they stayed as some of the founding members. Mm-hmm. And they, they were called Hermano Cuevas and Hermano Cuevas. So they were the ones that actually continued on the missionary work in the church and they kept growing it after Hermano Casillas moved to other projects and other churches that he Doctor, was establishing. I, I'm, I used to think of him as Dr. Casillas, and he yep. was the founder of the Bible College, where I am currently a professor. Uh, I, last semester, I taught Greek as uh, Greek in Spanish, which is like the hardest thing I ever did <laughs> in my life, <laughs> yeah. teaching Greek in Spanish. Okay. Oh, boy. <laughs> but uh, Dr. Casillas has founded that Bible College, and it's, it's had its ups and downs, but sadly, he's passed away, and he's no longer with us. But uh, he was a graduate of Bob Jones University, and he came out here like in the mid-60s or so, about 64, something like yeah. that. And he came out with uh, um, two other, another Puerto Rican yeah. um, that's founded the uh, Levittown Baptist Academy, where I'm a teacher, okay? And also um, that Dr. Cortez you know, mm-hmm. or, or non Cortez, and also Jim Steinder from American Missionary. So they came out as we call them the three, the tres caballeros, the three, <laughs> the three friends. They came out here as like three, three friends from Bob Jones University in the sixties. Mm-hmm. And my missionary that I worked with, he was my senior missionary for my first couple of terms. He started like about seven churches and Dr. Casillas started a number of churches in a Bible college in, and pastor, uh, um, Cortez started the great, uh, a very large church with a, with a, a Christian school that's had, you know, six to 800 kids at the, depending on the time in the history, you know? And so these three guys had a tremendous impact on the island. Mm-hmm. You know, 
churches all over the place and, and people trained and for the Lord. Oh, sorry, get back to here. Sorry to interrupt oh. your story, but you know, we're talking about stuff. And Bob yeah. Jones University was, they went and were trained and came back. And so it's kind of like ping pong missions, you know, uh, yeah. missionary work here, uh, training there, coming back here, ping ponging back and forth and each, each place being evangelized by the other. other. Keep going, brother. So after yeah, that, after expands the story. So oh, yeah, we have we had other people that were involved with the church as well. We had Pastor Kale and his wife. Uh, we had Pastor Diego Gonzalez and his wife as well. Mm -hmm. We had uh, Dr. Miguel Figueroa, which is one of the. Uh, he's currently also deceased. He's a okay. As well, and Juan Cordero. These are all people that worked within the church and they helped within the church to slowly establish it. And then it finally got into the hands of my dad who's the current pastor now in the church. And this was, this was on June of 1984 when he finally uh, became the pastor of our church currently. Okay, the way I know your dad is mm -hmm. he taught at the Bible college I teach at, Puerto Rico Baptist College. Yeah. And I've learned that he had a master's degree in counseling mm -hmm. or That's psychology, true. one of those. Yes. And I heard about that and I was thinking, uh, you know, we should have a seminary out here. We don't have a seminary currently. But I've been mm -hmm. thinking, why don't we have a seminary out here so our students right now are after four years of Bible college, our students go like to Bob Jones University or someplace else in the States. And so yeah. we lose them from here. And I thought, well, why, why, why not? And sometimes they don't come back. Like, why don't we just have a seminary here? And so I was talking to Dr. Casillas and I said, you know, what I would like to, us to do is find like three or four guys that have master's degrees, mm -hmm. you know, and, and get them on a doctorate track, whether it's they earn a doctorate or they, uh, you know, we help fund that or mm -hmm. we give them honorary doctorate because of recognizing their work. And I said, you know who I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of Roque Becerra Sr. I'm thinking mm -hmm. of him. I think he's already got an earned master's degree and he's already been, he's already a pastor and he's all these years of ministry. And he's, mm -hmm. he's not only that, he's a licensed psychologist or a counselor with, for the, for the island of Puerto Rico, you know, you, you know, from what I understand. And so it's like, this guy is a really quality guy. And we, he's like a, he's like a treasure we have here. And so he would be a great guy. And the idea being, if we could get three guys with doctor's degrees, you know, and, and we could have a little council of doctorate, doctoral, uh, uh, what do you call it? Well, they could, they could listen to a, um, a presentation or dissertation of a, uh, of a seminary student and be able to grant a grant a doctorate, you know, but we need, yeah. I thought we From were a, like a little guys. council. So, yeah. so <laughs> your dad, I'm thinking your dad's the guy, mm -hmm. you know? And so one thing led to another and he, and he has his, he, he's, we, you can call him a Dr. Becerra. I, he doesn't sure. say that. I'm sure he mm -hmm. doesn't say, call me Dr. Becerra. But you, yeah. <laughs> if you see him, call him Dr. Becerra and, and until he tells you stop it because he, you embarrassing. <laughs> Yeah, that, that, so you've got some quality, you got a quality father there. And uh, he, he's probably, you know, he's, he's a humble guy and won't want to share a lot of his testimony. But let's just say he wasn't maybe a typical young person that you would expect to have become a pastor, you know. And he told me his testimony and went like, wow. You just never know. You just never know, yeah, you know. Just come so, out of nowhere. You know, yeah, like maybe, maybe looking upon him as a teenager, you wouldn't think that guy's going to be a pastor, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, maybe a lot of people didn't think that. But he, he is, and he's a great one. He's a great one. So uh, anyway, so um, we're going to save some more of this for later. 
<laughs> but we just want to give you orientation to the Caribbean, what's out here, the languages that are here. You know, we're going to go more into the culture. Uh, and then I'm going to be speaking to missionaries. Um, there's a missionary on the south side of the island, which is different from the north side of the island. Very now people think, oh, what's it like there? Well, what if I say, what's it like in the United States? Would you expect mm. Texas, California, and Boston, Massachusetts, or Harlem, New York to all be the same? No, there's going to be a great difference in language, vocabulary, culture. And, and uh, even, even out here in Puerto Rico, on the, the south yeah. side of the island, the west side of the island, the north side of the island, there's, there's different words for the same. Uh, brother, if I said, uh, give me a drinking, you got drinking straw? What's the word here in Puerto Rico for no drinking sorbeto. straw? No sorbeto. sorbeto. <laughs> when I was in Costa Rica, it was paja, which means a piece of straw. And I came yeah. to Puerto Rico and I said, dame una paja, dame un paja. Uh, like, give me a straw. I said, paja. And they looked at me like I was insane. Yeah. And, then, and then I had a Dominican friend say, ah, we don't say paja. We don't say sorbeto. We say, what do, you, what do they say? Do you know what they say? <laughs> like pop. Popete, something like that. El, 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 yeah, that's yeah, another word. Yeah. Popete, so there's a whole other a, word. And I, I have jamelas, which are, which are twins, and there's a Dominican word like mestizo. mestizo. Ah, el popote. Yeah, yeah, yeah popote. popote for, yeah, for, no, okay, now we're, we're going back to straws. But what I'm saying is there's different words. It just Even on the yeah. same island, the word for frying pan might be different from, uh, you know, uh, you know, 60 miles away, yeah. you know, you're already having a... And over here, with all this Spanglish mix, like, people don't call hamburguesa, they say hamburger. Yeah. But it, it's weird. It's like a mix of, of a lot of things. Yeah, I, I ordered a queso burguesa, you know, like a... But they say, no, it's cheeseburger. Cheeseburger. <laughs> cheeseburger. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what? What? Why? <laughs> people say, oh, I, that's crazy. But, you know, in States, you... one place In one place in the States, you say soda. Yeah. The other place, you say... Soda. You say uh, pop, okay, <laughs> and then another place you say soda pop. You say both of them, and then yep. California you say Coke. A Coca Cola means anything. It, yeah, okay, it is a generic word, you know. And so if we can do that in, this, in English, why can't they do that in Spanish? Of course, True. of course they can, and they do. So <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna talk more about <laughs> the, the different cultures, different parts of the island. Uh, yeah. well, I'm gonna talk to a mission. I have some missionary friends right now that are on deputation in the states and coming back and oh, we could right. we could maybe Good. interview them what's their furlough like what are what are people saying about puerto rico you know what kind of issues do they f face trying to communicate what's going on here in puerto rico and the caribbean to the people in the states you know what they get what they don't get <laughs> yeah. you know and what they need you know what they need to do the work what's working for them and what's not working so well you know so we're going to talk about those things. So I hear the dog barking in the background. Is that your dog or my yeah, dog? That's my dog. That's the warning. <laughs> okay, the warning. Okay, he probably wants a wants some dinner too. Okay, well, thank you very much, and and God. Uh, Same here, Steve. Uh, this is our first segment of um, a missionary life and work Caribbean edition, and so uh, well, God bless, and we'll hope to improve the. The video quality, this is going to yeah. be on YouTube, <laughs> the, the audio quality as we go, and, uh, and hope to see you out here on the mission field. Oh, God bless. God bless, everybody.